The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a milestone episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 715, and I'm Snowy White. And I'm Aaron. And dear listeners, if you find yourself having to go the extra mile, having to run a mile, having to walk a mile in somebody's shoes to get out those milestones of your shoes, you need True Call Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T Coffee.com. Calm. Go there. Subscribe. If you don't subscribe, at least get on the mailing list. Trust me on this. We'll come back to that one. But when you subscribe, not only will you not run out of coffee, you will also get not one but two right bands every month. That's not like any other coffee company, right? You're not going to get that at Starbucks. Certainly not metal no. at Starbucks. You're not going to get that with Folgers, Maxwell House, even if they are good to the last drop. Um, which one was good to the last drop? Was it Maxwell House or Folgers? Yes. Which one was the best part of waking up? Folgers. Folgers is the best yes. part of waking up. <laughs> you, um, can tell, you can tell we're Gen Xers because yeah. we have all these old commercials memorized. Well, yeah, because uh, the thing is, like, if, if anybody from this era, like, you and I know like commercials like that, and I bet we could probably go through a ton of other commercials and jingles. But if you watch like regular TV, it's all fucking medication commercials. So, you know, in 30 years, there's going to be a bunch of like, you know, millennials and zennials and whatever they call them. So now I go, oh, remember the one about the heart medication that gave you this, these side effects? Oh, I remember that one. Remember the <laughs> eczema one? Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> You know, we, we we always post things that are like, oh, I'm so glad I had my childhood where I was out all day. I'm so mm-hmm. glad I've got fun commercials to remember. Right? Like that's... Oh, for sure. It yeah. was really the golden age. But anyway, I digress. So anyway, this is coffee made for metalheads by metalheads. This isn't some conglomerate. It's not some giant corporation. Um, this is a dude that likes coffee. That's very passionate about it. Go to the website. They talk about how to brew it, the best way to brew it, how to make sure you always have the perfect cup of coffee. Um, he would show up at shows, do pop-up pop up coffee bars. 
like really, really passionate about it. And in his downtime, um, he makes other fun stuff too for Embodiment Printing Press. So check it all out. True Cold Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T coffee.com. Like I said, if you don't subscribe, at least get on the mailing list because when you're on the mailing list, then you're going to find out about cool things that are coming up. And since Halloween's right around the corner, this mm-hmm. is the time. Like this is basically Christmas for metalheads. Right? Halloween's <laughs> essentially our Christmas, right? Like, it is, yeah. <clears throat> like, that's the culmination of all the pagan holidays. Like, you know, th- this is what we've all been waiting for all year. So, this is our Christmas, and trust me, um, you know, S- Santa coffee is coming. You know. But anyway, Snowman, what's happening? Well, I'm glad you mentioned uh, True Cobalt Coffee and how we're getting into the Halloween season and all of that good stuff. Before we get into tonight's mandatory metal for True Cobalt Coffee, I want to share something with our listeners. Okay, in the past, once when we brought True Cobalt on, you got very creative. You made your own drinks involving oh, yeah. involving like like the motorhead and the church burner yeah, and and... the church burner is still a classic mm-hmm. oh for for sure for sure well i got a little creative myself just last night okay oh, because I, I saw that post yeah i made you know i made a pot of true of true cavalt the master the master brand master coffer coffee and um uh, it is the season, it is the Halloween season, so I had that going. I had a, a shot of uh, pumpkin spice cream in it, and then just on a whim, I had a bottle of Fireball right nearby, and I'm like, you know what? Let's try this. You, you know, you, like, you're never going to learn, you're never going to experience anything new without taking a shot at it, you know? Let's try this. So I threw a shot of Fireball in there, which is this the cinnamon flavored whiskey. And you know what? It was pretty good. It was uh, pretty it's good. very good with any kind of whiskey in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like Fireball itself. It's like liquid candy, like well, really fun liquid candy. And also, I, I, again, I'm the coffee novice here, right? Like I, I don't drink coffee. I don't crave coffee. But I tried True Cult Coffee, and I've been trying to drink coffee for years, and most of the time, it's just nasty. But, like, this stuff's really good. Like, there's actual flavor to it. Like, you can really taste different notes and things. It's it's kind of like wines and beers, which mm-hmm. is not what I've had in other coffees. So, it totally makes sense to me what you're saying, just with my limited coffee knowledge. I'm like, well, yeah, because it would... The flavors that I've tasted in the different roasts that, that he's done would really mix well with the whiskey. Oh, for sure, for sure, and it worked. I had I had one of my friends when I posted the picture and the ID and all that. I had one friend respond with like a a puking emoji and all that, and it's like, no, dude, this is great. That's the one where you also I did your it. pumpkin spice, right? Yeah, yeah. That I guess great. the idea the idea of the pumpkin spice and the and the fireball together just kind of didn't didn't turn his crank. But I actually enjoyed it. I dubbed it. Snowy's Halloween special because it's not. I I think we could do better. I feel like we could call it the Pumpkin King, or Flaming Pumpkin since it's Fireball Whiskey and Pumpkin Spice. There we go. There we go. The Um, the Headless Horseman's. uh, Oh. Ed. Or yeah, let's 
Yeah. So either either the headless horseman, right, or Ghost Rider. Uh, there we go. I could go either way. I could go because because I'm thinking the flames, but Ghost Rider's not a pumpkin, so maybe we we should stick with headless horseman. Hmm. The headless horseman. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> the headless horseman. <laughs> it's born. Go. It's very Halloweeny. Yeah, I think I think that works. Yeah. Okay, that that that's what we're gonna call yes. this particular. Now we're talking, yeah, because I mean, nothing against you, buddy, but Snowy's Halloween special, like, eh, dude, well, it was that could be anything. Yeah, just kind of. Eh, like I get I just, it. I, I get just, it. It was also late at night when I like. And it was, you were it drinking was, whiskey and coffee. Too. I was already, yeah, <laughs> I was already, I was already doing good. Uppers and, and downers. It, just, it part of my metal fix, okay. I was up late with with it, enjoying the Headless Horseman, and it was it, it made a really good combination. So we'll kind of get to that in a little bit with our, our metal fix right now. Once again, for True Cabal's Coffee, our mandatory metal segment. New record out from Shed the Skin. Uh, Shed the Skin, really cool band out of Ohio, kind of like, and they're gonna, you know, they're, I'm gonna get emails from these guys. What do you mean, all star? Come on, you know, but it's basically, you know, some cool guys from other established bands, a dude from Incantation, a dude from Ringworm, a dude from Surgical, they all come together to form this quote unquote all-star band and their latest record Thomogenesis. sorry for that that's just that's a brand new word <laughs> i guess where they made that one up although although someone listening right now is going to google that and say no here it is right here uh, i'm just not a google guy it, it, you know i like I, I i i see this all the time where I'll be pissing around on Facebook in a Facebook group and someone will ask a question. Okay. And someone guaranteed, there's always someone in the comments saying, well, you know, there's a thing called Google. Okay. But he's in a Facebook group. Okay. We're interacting as fans, you know, about something. So I'm just not a Google guy. I would like to actually sit down yeah or, it's actually you know. fun to talk to somebody about it and be like oh what's your recollection of this but also right. i said this before google really does not know everything google knows what's happening now right google right. is not like you know historical documents historical records just nope 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 yeah, you know and if this words. um if this guy wants to challenge that i have the perfect challenge for him because I know exactly what his results will be. And he'll be like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, right, because you don't even fucking play guitar. So you're going to challenge the guy <laughs> who owned the magazine. Good thinking. <laughs> nice try. Yeah. 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 So oh. let's kind of get on with it. Yeah. How about the, the, the title track of sorts from this new record? This is Shed the Skin with Ingress Thomogenesis.
you've been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Hey, dude, what's going on? All right. Well, I don't have a lot this week, believe it or not. Um, <clears throat> I did want to follow up. Last week, we talked about the monsters. Oh, hey, no, actually... Before anything, we've got to get better at uh, Bandcamp Fridays again. This snuck up on me. I didn't realize Ooh, they right. relaunched it. Today, right. as we record this, it's Bandcamp Friday. Uh, so as you hear this, it was last week. But hopefully you've checked out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash radmetal, um, because we were talking about it there. Um, and I'll come come back to that one here in a minute. But so, yeah, um, we need to start thinking about our... Um, Bandcamp picks. So our next one probably need to do it when we record. Oh, we're gonna figure out how we're gonna record. But so towards the end of September, we're gonna need to look for our October picks. So that'll give me time to find some good spooky stuff. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, I digress. So that's going on. But I want to follow up. Last episode we talked about the monsters coming out, like the new Rob Zombie one. That's on nine twenty seven Netflix. Okay. So 927, uh, The Monsters comes out, and I believe that's also the same date for the DVD and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Did I talk about the new online bass lessons that I found? No, no. What's up? All right. So I was taking guitar lessons, and I got to a point where I was at a pretty good space. Um, and so I decided to shift from that to get my bass playing back up to, to par. So, like, my guitar playing is better than it's ever been. And now I want to get my bass playing back up to par because, you know, Dee Gregorio, our friend Sue, um, she's always bugging me. She's like, hey, you know, I'd, I'd love for you to play on this record. And some of the stuff she writes, it's like I need to have a degree in astrophysics to follow her <laughs> chord changes. Um, so... I'm like, I've just, I've got to get my chops back up. So I was looking for something, and then I found this thing called Bass Space this year. And these guys put on this big online event. They interviewed, and this is just a handful of the interviews. One of them was Frank Bellow. Another one was um, Billy Sheehan. And, oh, man, there's a couple other ones that I watched. But the interviews were so good. I'm like, oh, these guys have like regular content lessons. So I started taking lessons there, right? And it's actually fairly reasonable if you guys check it out. You know, it's monthly or yearly rates. And, um, you know, any way you slice it, it's way less than if you were getting one-on-one lessons with anybody. Like, and, ah. and, and it's pretty good content. But what I wanted to call out is I started learning my theory again because, again, this is stuff that I need to keep up with Sue and Gregorio. And I pulled out uh, Anesthesia Pulling Teeth, uh, which I'm sure you're familiar with this song. Uh, Yeah. And I can't even begin to tell you how awesome it was to be able to sit down, look at the sheet music, read through it, notice the key, and be like, oh, that's a minor arpeggio. That's a major arpeggio. And and really start to recognize the patterns of what was going on. And when I did that, I'm like, oh, well, this is easier to play than it's ever been. You know, I'm like, geez. Okay, so it's already paid off a lot. Um, <laughs> let's put it that way. <laughs> I, just the fact that I could sit down and just work on the first part of that. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that was really easy. Now I need to work on this other stuff. So, yeah, that's a good time. Um. Sorry, pardon me, I'm drinking. Um, 
The new mega death is show. out today. I know, hell? right? No, teetotalers. <laughs> but um, new mega death is out today. The sick, the dying, and the dead. Oh, okay. Have you given that a spin yet? Uh, a couple of the tracks that were like pre-released on uh, on YouTube. I didn't know that today was the was the release day. I'm going to be out and about tomorrow i will be in some record stores tomorrow and i'm grabbing it i it, it's it's fantastic like it's really really good and i'm listening to it and i'm like i don't know how dave does it like D- dave always manages to sound like megadeth but he also manages to never sound dated like even even the old records like they they still they still hold up like he he writes a good song but um, the thing that I really, really dig on this one is there's a song called Night Stalkers. Okay. And the bass line, there, there's this part in the, somewhere towards, I think, the end of the song. Everything cuts out and it's just the bass. It is possibly the best recorded bass tone I've ever heard in my life. Mm. It is so fantastic. And it's a song he does with Ice-T. Ice hey, let me shut my door. Everybody's coming home now. I can hear people. Um, But yeah, so Night Stalkers on that album. Real real highlight for me. I really like that song. But yeah, it's good. Now. Right on. Yes, I'm looking looking forward to it. Because like the new Megadeth record from the first song that they released, it's like, oh my God, like this could have been the record in between So Far So Good So What and rest in peace i hope the the rest of it kind of sounds like that so yeah i'm getting excited now i'm definitely grabbing one tomorrow oh crap okay if you can hear me i can't hear you i just pulled out my headphones okay there we are now i'm back sorry ah yeah you know great podcasting here right i'm glad we don't have like a uh uh, like like a destruction or a creator band like that like for a creature feature tonight with us dropping shit and <laughs> you know but I hey. mean, you know no t- tonight we should be interviewing spinal tap uh, um, yes yeah actually you're right yes yeah all right and then last but not least on october 31st the new gregorio album house of gregory um d gregorio sorry the uh, house of gregory chapter two will be available and when I say it'll be available, it'll be available on all platforms because I actually posted on, am I in the right place? It says Bandcamp. No, I'm in the wrong place. Okay. <clears throat> um, yeah, I can't keep up with all my tabs I have open here. But anyway, <laughs> um, on bandcamp.degregorio.com, you can go there now and Get the um, get the album digitally, right? And I think you can probably pre-order. But you can get the album digitally now. It's out. I have it. Um, it's better than the last one. And, you know, we all like the last one. Mm-hmm. But that's what, as soon as I listened to it, I told him, wow, this is really good. And just, just you can... And the, the funny thing is, like, she's been writing these songs for a while. She's been working on this project for a while. You know, like, the first album took years to to get written recorded and this one you know what two years later i think maybe um and i think still took longer than she wanted but you could really hear the growth 
You know, even, even though that I think the songs were all written at the same time, you just hear it in the arrangements and the mixing, that sort of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, it, it's a it's a good, well, I mean, I guess it's not technically the sophomore release if we count black and white. I'm not sure how the canon goes here, but it is the second album, and I'm really digging it. Um, I kept meaning to pick a track we can play, so maybe we'll play one next week because I totally forgot this week. Um even though I really meant to, but yeah, we'll see. So what's well, up with you, man? There's our indie spotlight next week. How that's a good that idea. So let's uh, put the pressure on me to actually pick a song. <laughs> there you go. There you go. For myself, um, I didn't manage to take in any shows or anything like that, but I think I did pretty good this week. Um, Starting off, I had picked up some cool secondhand DVDs. Um, Alice Cooper's The Nightmare Returns. Now, what this particular show is, was um, the 2006 DVD release of the 1985 VHS The Nightmare Returns, which was recorded on the Constrictor Tour. Rock which okay. which was which was Alice Cooper's like return like his heyday was definitely in the seventies. Yep. And then those years, which I'm I'm not I'm not bashing Alice or anything like that. He'll tell you himself his that that period from like 1980 to the Constrictor album, those early 80s. He'll say that wasn't me. You know, like that's yeah. He he doesn't really even acknowledge that era era because, and he owns this. He was he was on the sauce, you know, for <sighs> for all for for all those years. And he just he he admits that he just wasn't putting out, you know, like the material that he knows that he could make. Well, that all changed with the Mighty Constrictor album. Oh yeah, that that was the comeback. You know, he was. That was a kick-ass record. He was working with uh, on the Friday the Thirteenth Part Six soundtrack, and was it know, Part all, Six by that point? Jason lives. Yeah, it was Part Six. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, so yeah, that was also like the first tour with Kane Roberts as yes. a guitarist, who is now back in the fold. So, like, when I slapped this DVD on and I saw, okay, shit, there's Kane Roberts. Oh, my God, this is, okay, I get this. What a happy accident, okay, that I should grab this DVD while everything that's going on in the, in, in the Alice camp with, yeah. with, with, with Kane Roberts. That definitely worked, for sure, for sure. Another one that I had grabbed was a um, Live Ramones DVD, like the the Rockaway compilation, mm, which basically mm-hmm. has has about three songs from like three different shows and all that. And it's just it's just it's it's exactly what you're gonna get with the Ramones. It's just bare bones, stripped down. We're gonna go on stage. We're gonna tear it up. We're gonna rip your face off, and you're gonna love it. And that's exactly what happened. With this, I've had a couple other Ramones DVDs now. It's just I'm just I just I never got it. Ch- I never saw them live. 
and that's always never. Yeah. No. Wow. And you've seen so many more bands than me live. <clears throat> wow. Wow. Well, you know, there's there's always that that rock and roll regret, I call it. It's just like something I wish I could have done, woulda, coulda, shoulda, and all that. And I think someday there is a discussion there. Like, as much as you and I have done, not only for this show, but just as fans and all that, like, there's still so much more that, you know, I wish... I really would have liked to have done, and hopefully, horns crossed, we will get to it. Yeah, yeah. Are you okay? Are are you cozying up to Tubi yet? No, like I occasionally I do, but sometimes it's just, and honestly, I am really not enjoying streaming services in general is the best way for me to put it. Um, and it's because Tubi, Netflix, all of them, when it was just Netflix streaming or when it was just Netflix and Amazon Prime, you could find it on either Netflix or Amazon Prime. The algorithms were great. Everything they suggested I wanted to see, I felt like they really understood my tastes. Now, I log in, they're like, oh, this is picked just for you. No, it's not. You're pushing that. What the fuck in my history tells you I want to see that? Like, seriously. Like, what? How? Because, like, somebody else I'm friends with 13 times removed watched it? Like, yeah, so no. Because, like, I'll go into Tubi. Sometimes I'll find stuff. Sometimes I won't. It just, if it's too hard for me to search and find something, I'm out. Okay, well. I'm I'm a grumpy old man yelling at a cloud. I get it. I'm I'm going to give you a suggestion. Okay, write write this down if you want because last night I sat down like I just like every once in a while I'll just go because Tubi I'm sorry, Tubi is the best channel out there. It's better than Netflix. It's better than Crave. It's even better than Shutter because Tubi has not only kick-ass horror movies. But it's got so much in the way of cool music documentaries and, you know, streaming DVDs and concerts and all that. It's amazing. You can take all of my sports or you can take all of my channels, leave me to be. Okay, because I'm just, there's just so much on there for me. So if you want to write this down and search for it, look for the documentary Records Collecting Dust, Volumes 1 and 2. I saw that on your uh, Facebook today. Yes, these were absolutely fantastic. It was about 11.30, 12 when I commandeered the TV and I sat down and, you know, I started I started pouring some Headless Horsemen's, okay, and sure enough, this thing comes up, you know, in, in my suggestions and all that, and I, and I read... I read the the plot, the outline. Okay, I want to check this out. Records collecting dust is basically these part part one and two are these short documentaries, about an hour both both volumes, of um, talking like the the like it's a it's a Talking Heads doc 
documentary where they're basically talking to various people about the subject. The subject for this is their record collections. You know, their first record, their favorite records, the Desert Island question. And every talking head was in front of, was basically being like, like, or I should say a lot of them were being shot in front of their record collection. That's just cool. To, just to piss me off. Okay. <laughs> because, yes, I have a kick-ass vinyl collection. Okay. But some of these people, it's like, holy shit. <laughs> wow. Wow. And, and the subjects in this record collect records collecting dust volume one included jello biafra mike watt oh, Keith shit. Morris. yeah yeah i knew you'd like that <clears throat> chuck chuck Dukowski. oh from, yeah chuck Dukowski from, from from black flay wow keith morris from the circle jerks um uh mike pike from uh high on fire Greg Anderson, the man behind Southern Lord Records. Thank you, sir, for all the great music you've given this show. Carlos Nunez from Flipside Magazine and all that. And it's just, it's just, ah, oh, it's just the, the, the words, like I was enthralled. Okay, because I like talking about, okay, when you meet someone new and they invite you into their house and you see the record collection and all that what do you do oh you immediately want to talk about it look through you everything. yeah okay can i why don't you show me your you know and i did that you know when i was 13 although even younger all the way up till today when i meet someone new and you know i want to see your music collection because it's a big part of it's a big part of my life so i'm watching these documentaries and i'm literally on the edge of my seat like i have my living room armchair directly in front of the tv and i'm i'm leaning forward and i am like right right on the edge just just loving this volume two included brian baker and ian mckay from minor oh, threat Jeez, okay Roger Moret from Agnostic Front, Paul Bearer from Sheer Terror, Tommy Victor, Jack Kelly from Slapshot, Radioactive Metal alum John Joseph, and one Al Quint, who I now have I, I, I now have on Facebook now. And who who Al Quint is, he is the editor of um, Sub Suburban Voice magazine, and he was a former contributor to Maximum Rock and Roll, and he's got the biggest fucking hardcore collection you're ever, <laughs> ever going to see. He's just one of the hardcore movers and shakers. It's definitely a guy I want to have on the show just to sit back and just shoot the shit and talk about all this so when i saw when i saw quint on on the, it's like oh fuck yeah this this is absolutely amazing so records collecting dust on tubi volumes one and two is absolutely fantastic i is this gonna be like an ongoing thing do you know uh no because there's a couple years these um i i don't I don't recall when the second volume came out, but gotcha. it's it's definitely and I'm glad you mentioned that because I was thinking this last night. 
This would make a great TV series. I was just thinking, I want to see Rollins on it. Imagine that collection. Oh, for sure, for sure. Some, some, some of these guys, you know, they were talking about what a big influence Henry Rollins is and was on them, and like it just, it just these these are the people that I want to hear talk about music. Oh yeah, because there's the passion there for it and just some of some some of their records were kind of surprising you know these you know these brutal hardcore guys are pulling out their chuck berry records and their 50s pop records and 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 all that so you're definitely going to want to you're going to want to check that out and i'm kind of surprised when you said that you're not having a very good experience with tubi because like i go on and immediately they're recommending it is there and i'm like i'm hit with just all these really cool horror movies and all these cool music documentaries and then when you look at one you know they give you the oh you might like this as well and then there's like a half a dozen list listed below and it's like yes i want to see all of these so yeah yeah, no it just that, that used to be my experience before this past year with so many other services. Now, you know, movies are disappearing from this service to go to this service. Like, everybody's making deals and passing stuff around. It's, it's like the old networks, right? So we went to streaming to get away from TV networks. Because if you remember, like, well, this network wouldn't play this movie, and they this one always played this movie, but you'd never see it on this network. But then once it did go to this other network, then it never played on the first network. And now we're just in the in the same fucking thing with the networks again. Like we've got all this trash out there, and not just one place where I can find everything I want to watch. Well, yeah, well, see, that's just it. Owners' rights. Everyone wants a piece of the pie, and all that. I'm just. Tubi basically came with my TV and it was free. Yeah, I got, you know, there's ads and all that, but I think, and I'm really not concerned about the price and all that. Like, Tubi would only be 10 bucks a month at the most. Like, shit, sh- Shutter is, Shutter is five bucks a month. Like, I'll, I'll spend more on that on, at, at, on coffee at Tim's tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Shutter does not bad at all. Oh, it it and it's fantastic. The movies that they have on there is second to none, and all that. So yeah, do yourself a favor. Whatever you got to do to get on the Tubi Man Records Collecting Dust Volume One and Two. It's a really good watch. Um, last week, dude, you kind of threw the gauntlet down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay. Uh, once again, because you had started talking about Kiss or Gene Simmons and all that, which you generally do on the show, and you question my Kiss fandom. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and I'll admit, okay, I'm not psychotic like you or our former co-host, Mister M- M- Rock. He's he's a big Kiss. Kiss, kiss fanatic as well. While I'm not as bad as you guys are, I thought, well, okay, this kind of isn't fair, but okay, well, maybe, maybe it, Aaron has a point. 
Okay, so I kind of took it upon myself last night, right before I sat down, to check out that these these wicked documentaries, and I gathered up all of my Kiss stuff. Okay, the albums, the the vinyl. Okay, the CDs, the uh, the graphic novels, the comic books, the DVDs with with Scooby Doo and my Kiss shirt, you know. And I kind of slapped it all into one, threw it up on my Facebook, tagged you with it. Did you get a chance to see it? Yes. My response was lots of posers own records. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, uh, like according to, to your own words, um, you know, looking at the age of those records, that would be a Joan or a Joe and Jane average looking back upon their teenage years fondly and pulling them out and, and having a nostalgia moment and not really being a fan. Like, wow, what happened to that band? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I got, the, I, I got the last couple albums on uh, on CD there. I thought. I, I think that gives me some. What credit. do you mean, hot in the shade? Because that wasn't the last. No, record. no, no, no. The <laughs> last two's monster and sonic boom. <laughs> I know, dude. I'm That's messing with you. That's what makes this funny, right? <laughs> That's what makes makes this funny. Is you know because we just covered two seconds ago how you've seen more concerts than me. Period. Um, you know, you you're the last person to call a poser, but that's what makes it funny. Of course. Of course. So I just wanted to put it out to you, dude. So do I make the cut? Do I make the kiss cut? I mean, you know, you're you're no Doc McGee, but you're all right. You know. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's get into some tunage here. Not so much. I'm not going to talk so much about the records that came across my desk because um, some uh, former radioactive metal alum have some new music out um starting with mr matt harvey our good buddies in exhumed there okay I'm, I'm i'm gonna kind of break my own rule here sort of when i when i get into the music here because i do want to drop a track from the new exhumed record to the dead Already there is the single in the video for Drained of Color out making the rounds now on the YouTubes and wherever you would watch watch promotional videos. Okay, they're starting a little early, though, because this record isn't going to be available until October 21st. Ah. Okay. But then I thought about it, and it's like, oh, Matt's a genius. Okay. A new exhumed record right before Halloween. That is this is not a happy accident. Yeah. <laughs> now Mr. Harvey knows exactly what he what what he's doing. So that's absolutely fantastic. We'll get to a track from that as well. Um we had Chad Gailey from Mortu- Mortuous on a couple years back. They have a new record upon devastation. Ah, September sixteenth, that drops. So by the time this goes to air and all that, it really won't. It'll only be about a, a week or so. So that's this is a good taster 
for it. A really cool track. Metamorphosis, once again, September 16th, courtesy of the good folks at Carbonize. So let's get into those tunes. How about that new exhumed tune? Once again, from the To the Dead record, available October 21st, just in time for Halloween. This is Drained of Color.
There's a cool song. That is Canadian Bashers, Grieber, their new record, Fright Without, available now. Really good stuff. Yeah, yeah, that that cool band, dude. That features X Fuck the Facts, dude, um, Mike Mike Bergon as well. That's why that, that song sounded... So cool. And before that, once again, the aforementioned Mortuous with Metamorphosis. September 16th, that new record, Upon Devastation, drops. And it's going to devastate everyone because, as you just heard, that band kicks ass. We got to have them back on. Life is good. When it comes to being a fan... Okay, like, uh, like you're a fan, I'm a fan. We're actually what I call musical connoisseurs. I like to think guys like you and I, and I have some very close friends, people we work, you know, be, behind the scenes, within the industry. Okay, at the end of the day, we're all fans, no matter what we do. The bands that we talk to, Okay, and we've we you know we've in, we've interviewed some you know what we would call rock stars within the underground, but you get those guys, you get the Max Cavaleras, you get the Schmears, you get the Tom Warriors and all that, you get them talking about their favorite artists, and dude, their eyes light up, big smiles on their face. And you can feel it. You can feel it. There is nothing quite like being a fan of really cool music. You know that. I know that. As you kind of... Like, from the moment of discovery, you have these moments, like these fan milestones shall we say that you just just as you go along it's it's almost like an unintentional checklist uh, okay yeah did this did this did this but nothing quite robotic or anything like that it, it's all organic and it's all for the love of music when did you first how and when did you first discover aggressive music for the lack of a better term, because, you know, metal, punk, hardcore, you know, how and when. Okay, so Kiss was my gateway, right? And and I've, I've talked about that a lot on the show. You know, John Caddick from Iron City Rocks brought the Heavens on Fire 45 to my birthday party. And that's why I play guitar. And that's why I play bass. That's why I'm even more obsessed with music than I was, you know, before. <laughs> And I, the funny thing is I can't put my finger on when I found the heavy stuff, right? So I knew I was looking for more and more and more. And I feel like from Kiss, I feel like the next jump was probably Shout of the Devil, Motley Crue. Right. Right. Which, you know, sure, we'll call it hair metal, but we had the Satan pentagram thing going on. So it kind of... It was kind kind of like a bridge at that point, and then at some point I don't know who played it, but somebody introduced me to Master Puppets. Ah. Or shit, or was it Iron Maiden? Damn it! 
<laughs> oh. Okay, so it's either puppets or um, live after death. Because I remember I was reading Metal Edge and Circus, and I remember seeing the full page ads for Live After Death. Wow, right on. And a classmate had the cassette with him one day, and I remember looking at it. And I can't remember if it was that or if it was um, puppets. I, I, wow, I can't believe I. I can't remember this. Like, I also can't remember when I would have discovered ACDC because ACDC was also past Kiss or post Kiss. Like, Mm -hmm. Kiss was the starting point. Then after that, it's like, wow, where else can we go? You know? (laughs) And I, I, and I just, it, I mean, I split it off in so many different directions. I mean, you know, because, Kiss took me to Metallica, to Anthrax, to Iron Maiden, but it also took me to um, ACDC. It took me to the Stray Cats, dude. Like, I found all sorts of just great rock and roll because of Kiss. And honestly, like, if we think about it, really, uh, somebody just needed to play me Kiss to hear the jump from Chuck Berry to the Beatles to Kiss. Because really, that's kind of the lineage, you know? Right. So, yeah, I I can't remember. More than once you've said on this show how we've run down the same paths just on the other side of the continent. Oh, yeah. Though, because, like, when I get asked, what was your first record? Okay, my first record was Kisses Rock and Roll Over. It was basically, it was my older brother. He He brought it in. It spent more time on my turntable and then eventually just stayed in my collection. So that was kind of my jumping point. And I never really got into metal full time or hardcore punk until about 1984. But there I did have that. I was still a huge music fan. That's when I discovered um, Def Leppard. Motley Crue with the Shout at the Devil record. And god damn it, the Stray Cats as well. The Built for Speed <laughs> record. Yeah, Built for Speed. That's <laughs> yes, this, that was the cassette. This it's like, stuff. wow. It's like, god, yeah. like, God, like this this is me. Everything you're saying is like this is it. So that was kind of my starting point. And and everyone has that. Everyone has that. Well, but you but use you know the what's word even gateway. funnier though. Because, like, really, we are like a yin and yang. So while we have all the similarities, you're the extrovert. I'm the introvert. You know? <laughs> Actually, yeah. I, I would agree with that. And it's just, it's it's so funny to me to, to think about that. And then, like, I actually, you know, was so obsessed I had to go play instruments. You never quite made that leap. Which no. blows my mind for as insane encyclopedic as you are about this stuff, right? Like, like, like right. you're, you're like, it, it, you know, for for anyone who who's not listened to the show before, Snowy is like not that far below Henry Rollins when it comes to the amount of shows he's taken in, the te- the mm-hmm. the amount of bands he's right. listened to, you know, all that sort of stuff. I mean, Snowy really is up there for as, for as much shit as we talk and we joke about stuff. You know, we're not entirely making it up either. You know, right. like 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 really, I'm I'm always just shocked that 
you don't have a collection of guitars. Like it just, that makes no sense to me. You know, I can't believe that you weren't also playing in 30 different bands in the Winnipeg scene, you know, at, at, at the time when I did have, when, when my friends, you know, 13, 14, when they were bugging their parents for guitars and all that, I'm, I'm reading the magazines, the metal forces, the Krangs, the metal hammers, the cream, the circus, whatever metal magazine you know even the fanzines and all that whatever i get my hand on if i was going to be doing anything like that within the industry it would have been writing i was taking creative writing in high school as well but pushed out like my own single issue of a fanzine as well and then life kind of kicked in and like i kind of had other other priorities and it was nothing that i could really i could really follow through on so that's why when i had the opportunity to do this show you know almost 16 years ago now i jumped all over it because it's like okay this i can do so yeah that's kind of and you're you're not the first person i've had people just like over, over the years, how come you're not in a band? How come you didn't do this? How come, you know, it's just like, it's just, uh, I, I, I more or less wanted to report on it. Yeah, but dude, with your personality, you're totally front man material. I was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because when I like to, like, when I do, and I'm not saying that karaoke and doing it for real is anywhere on the same level and all that but every time that you know i crank out the karaoke machine i like to put on a show even more than just because most people when i see people doing karaoke they just kind of like stand there and i guess maybe they're kind of nervous you know you know singing in front of people because they know they're doing the shits and all that so and it's like no dude get up go have fun go make an ass of yourself so when I do stuff like karaoke, and I know that I'm not a good singer and all that, I do kind of like to give it some swagger, shall we say. Kind of maybe put on a little bit of a show. You know, and I'm not saying that I'm anywhere near frontman and all that. But yeah, if I was actually ever to do that, to take that leap with a band, then, you know, maybe I should have gotten vocal lessons, figured out how to do the metal and hardcore vocals and all that because yeah you're right i i think i would have the stage presence and charisma of a front man just don't have the talent <laughs> yeah and i mean i think we could probably think of some examples where that doesn't matter <laughs> like there's well, i, hope I mean if we if we think hard enough you know they're, they're, you're you're gonna be like, oh yeah, yeah. Th- those vocals aren't that great, you know. <laughs> All right. Like they're they're definitely. I mean, there are some that are absolutely killer, but there's also a lot that hey, good enough. Let's go. Right. You know? Right. One of the like okay after first discovering, you know, you're now your chosen favorite subgenres and all that. The first album, I always think, that's that's a big one. Okay, because that is something 
you're not going to be able to change. You can tell people, like if your first album was something that's kind of a guilty pleasure now by today's standards, you could lie and tell people, no, no, my first record wasn't, you know, some hair. My first record wasn't Pretty Boy Floyd. No, no, my first record was the Sex Pistols or something, you know, like something a little a little cooler you you could say that and you can definitely say that online these days but you can't lie to yourself so you kind of the first album in the fan milestone that's huge it's huge and i'm kind of like we kind of already touched upon on what 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 our exam what our examples are but yeah that's that's well, something. That's something else. Are we talking first for a band, first for heavier music, metal, rock music, or are we just talking like first record? Yeah, I guess it, either or. Like I've had the conversations, you know, like what was your first, you know, love of metal, and I've always said like it was it was Venom's Welcome to Hell that I got in full time, but. There was this band, this band, this band, this band before them, okay, but it was also a bunch of other stuff as well, you know. So, so okay. the, the conversation works both ways. So, my first record then, because remember, I was a big music fan before metal, right? But but I was more yeah. on the sidelines, just like I love music, you know. Beatles, Beach Boys, all that sort of stuff is what I was growing up with. But then one particular song really did it for me. Okay. And that song was Karma Chameleon. And ah, okay. I had to have that record. And so Color by Numbers by The Culture Club is probably my first actual LP. Oh, I had that one. I had that one, yeah. Of course you did, because we're yeah. basically twins. <laughs> you know, like, like, like yeah. seriously, like, like we're we're like, um, we're like Danny DeVito and Schwarzenegger. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And all depending on what day it is. Exactly right. It, it, it's interchangeable. Oh my goodness! Yeah, but so so that yeah. was that that was my first you know full full length. There was was Culture Club, and I, you know, I love that record. And then I believe my next one would have been Kisses Asylum record. Because I think I was talking about that last week. Um, right. My first Metallica record was Puppets. My, mm -hmm. uh, man, I'm pretty sure my first Maiden. No, you know what? My first Maiden may have actually been uh, Number of the Beast. That was mine. Yeah, it's it was that or Peace of Mind. It was mm -hmm. that or Peace of Mind. Um, but I really wanted. Um, Live after death, if if for nothing else in the art, because I love the art so much. And then sure. I feel like that my first Anthrax was possibly the "I'm the Man" EP on cassette. Ah, because um, I remember hearing it and loving it. And then, yeah, those are the big ones. I feel like, I feel like there's another one in there somewhere where I'm like, oh, I wonder if this. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I I think I think I've run the I, I've I've you, run the thing there. You've run the gamut of importance. Yes, for now. 
Yeah, I think I kind of got got you beat with these because my first Metallica was Kill 'Em All. Like they Kill 'Em All and Ride the Lightning were released at the same time. They were on the new release rack at the same time because even though they came out in different years in the U.S., Banzai Records picked them up at the same time and released them together. So I was buying those two like together off the new release rack. I know it's re- it's really weird, but at least I I've got that. And it's the same thing. The first Anthrax record was Fistful of Metal. Same idea. Anthra, you know, the bands I picked it up, released it in Canada. It's on the new release rack at the same time as these these Metallica records. And, all that. and who who knew? Okay, who knew? And we might have said this on the show before. What was going to happen with Metallica when those first records came out? Oh, like, I know. Here, here was this. Here was this heavy, fast, you know, thrash band that no one really likes and all that, because it's just the thrash in general just wasn't accepted in any real, real way. Apart from the diehard connoisseurs and all that, it just it 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 blows my mind to think where Metallica was with Kill 'Em All and Ride the Lightning, and who the fan base was, and to where they are now, and who their fan base is, and what they've done. It's it's like wow, we could never have predicted that. I will never forget the conversation with one of the guys behind the counter at my local music store. Cause I would go there for lessons every week for bass and you know, anything even remotely heavy metal, I would check out. And I bought a, a um, a, a music book there called heavy metal baselines, which I still have to this day. Um, I even tracked down a copy on eBay for a friend of mine that had picked a bass up. Because, you know, he used to borrow my book when he was learning bass when he was, you know, younger. And um, and I'll never forget this conversation because I, I, I got the book because I wanted to learn Crazy Train. And he's like, oh, Ozzy Osbourne. Nobody's going to care about him in 30 years. <laughs> okay. You know? and, and, yeah, the best part, he's going through all these, like, who's going to care about Iron Maiden? <laughs> you know, and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like... I'm pretty sure that all the country bands that were big at that point that he was playing, I don't think any of them still tour. No, probably not. You know, and that was the real music he would tell me, you know. Mm. And I'm like, mm. but here we are, Maiden Sinjitsu. You know, Ozzy just put out yeah. his last record, even though, like, a picture I saw of him with a cane looks like he's on death's door. Like, mm. you know, it. I I hate to say it, but man, I I feel like we all need to prepare for Ozzy to pass in the I next so. couple of years. Yeah. You know, like I think uh-huh. we all really need to start f- getting comfortable with that because otherwise, it's going to be worse than Lemmy. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, and one of the biggest pieces of news, okay, in the metal world right now is Ozzy coming out and saying. I'm moving back to England. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want to die in the U.S. because it's such a shit show there. And this is what he's saying. 
you know, with all the with with yeah. with all the gun shootings, all the mass shootings, and all Dude. that. He doesn't want to die in the U.S., so yeah. he's England's moving. Also, he's moving a shit back show. Because <clears throat> I I listen to a few different podcasts where they talk about what's going on over there politically. Like it's also a shit show. He just wants to die in his homeland, which I get. Mm. Yeah, and I I hate to say it, Canada has such a such such a great rep- reputation internationally and i and i guess it's it is warranted but yeah it's we are not without fault up here we have our shit going on around here and i'm just glad that i have the show and i have you and i have this music and all that just to get me through all, all of this crap or i would i would fucking snap you know for well, sure. for a quick political rant, right? When we talk about all the stuff that's going on, because <laughs> I, I just saw somebody post something about Biden calling the um wh- whatever he just said. He made they made some sort of official statement about Trump, but you know I don't know if you heard, but Biden um w- like did student loan forgiveness, which is one of the things he he promised, and right. I, immediately. I remembered why I don't go on Facebook because <laughs> my feed was just divided. Oh, uh, you can uh-huh. forgive this. You can't forgive that. Oh, oh, you don't want for student loans to be forgiven. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know what? I like the best part is all the people that are having their student loans forgiven that are like, Oh, I can't believe you don't want this. I, I had to do this for this education. Then I came out. Well, apparently the education didn't work because you're not smart enough to realize that, it had nothing to do with forgiving your student loans. It had everything to do with dividing the country. Mm-hmm. I've been saying this from the get-go. It's division is the goal. Like, because we talk about the Republicrats, right? Politicians want the people fighting. Because when they're fighting, they can maintain their power. And oh, it's yeah. the illusion of freedom, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I think Zuckerberg actually came out and admitted something that was like, "Holy shit, really?" And it it was so like 1980s Russia. It's like, wow, and nobody's worried about this. Okay, you know. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. The next step. Yeah. Okay, in the fan milestones, as we ascend that stairway to rock and roll heaven, mm-hmm. shall we say, the first show, your first concert. Oh, I've, uh, I've talked uh, about this uh, ad nauseum. April 12th, 1986, Pittsburgh Civic Arena, Kiss Asylum Tour. Right. Oh, for sure, for for sure, for sure. Yeah, and it's not just, it's it's not just, I, I bring this up just, in general like this is a a a moment in fandom okay like this this is this is huge okay because when you when when you're a kid okay and you buy your first record or someone gives you a birthday present of you know of whatever record or you basically take your brother's kiss rock and roll over album Okay. <laughs> okay, that's that's in the safety of your own home. Okay, in your relaxed, familiar environment. 
when you're a when you're a kid, even though you might be with an older brother or your or your parents or whatever, that's a whole other world. Uh, okay, now all of a sudden it's like, and the sense it's sensory overload, visually, yes. audio, it's just like S- smell, smell, dude, because you're probably because, smelling your first joint. Yeah, because the guy the the guy next to you is smoking pot. Yeah, he's blazing. Okay, yeah. Do they still call it pot? Is it is that still a word? Uh, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> I, I I can't remember if people now just officially call it marijuana all the time because it's legal. Right. I'm I'm gonna take a survey. I'm going to a show tomorrow and all that. I'm gonna take a survey. Just do people still use the word pot? I think weed is still more common yeah. than pot. Like pot pot right. pot was kind of going out when I was a kid. You know, when somebody talk about smoking pot, like, oh, you're from the 70s. You know, <laughs> weed seemed to be the bigger thing. That's um, so last year. Dope smokers. Mm-hmm. You know, that was another thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But either way, all of that encompassed, like, the first live show. And my first live show was with was with my mom with my old with with my older brother it was Holland Oats on the Rock H on the on. H2O tour nice. yeah yeah Marshall Crenshaw was the support act and I could probably ask anyone that was in that show that went to that show oh you saw the Holland Oats at the at the Winnipeg arena the H2O tour who was the support act <laughs> and because um, because like being a musical connoisseur and kind of psychotic that way, I like to remember these little these little details. That's and awesome. all that, and all that. Yeah, yeah. Now that, that was kind of like, and this was this was once again, like I said, this is a whole new world. We had really no idea what to expect. You know, like my mom had gone to a few shows with with my dad. And all and all that, but I I I don't know. Like this is this this is like oh this is this this is going to be awesome. But I really I really didn't know what what to expect. And yeah, I was blown away. I was I was blown away. Well, of course, being a Hall and Oates fan at the time. Okay, but I I I, I often said like my first real concert though was a couple years later with Quiet Riot on the Condition Critical tour with Kick-Axe and Whitesnake supporting and all that. So, That's awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah. So definitely fan milestone, that first show. You know, and this is something that I ask people. Like, when we're, when we're at a show, like a low-key show, you know, and a bunch of us have kind of, congregated into a circle and we all start talking this is something i'll ask people for the sake of conversation you know what was your first show good bad or indifferent so that's a huge thing what about you and okay when we were younger in the 80s and all that we called it slam dancing at least yes that's that's what it's called up here then it became moshing and i I guess it's just getting into the pit now. I still call it slam dancing, and I know I've had some younger, some uh, 
some younger people in the scene kind of look at me sideways, like, what the fuck is he talking about? What's a slam dance? Well, well it's a mosh. When, when was the first time you heard the term slam dancing? Uh, I, it was probably about 1984, right after discovering metal and punk, like, full time. Okay. So you, but you heard it in relation to like other people talking about like, like a punk or metal <clears throat> show or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I need to Google something here real quick. Cause you're not going to believe where I first heard it. Okay. But I want to make sure I get this right. And you, you heard the expression slam dance first before Mosh. Oh yeah, because yeah. I want to say it was Anthrax. Did Anthrax coin the phrase "mosh"? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because that's what I—that's what I take away from from that. Like, yeah. you know, mosh it up and all that. Because I had never heard that expression, and yeah. the first time I heard Anthrax say it, it's like, what the fuck are they talking well, about, mosh? Uh, apparently, it was a thing in the New York hardcore scene. And people like to give Anthrax shit for it because they're like, oh, well, he stole that from us. He didn't steal it, guys. It just, he made it popular. And they're now doing it's the it. thing. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're just so, doing it. Okay. There was a TV show that ran from 1980 to 1982. So somewhere between 1980 and 1982 is when I heard the term slam dancing because Tom Hanks was in a show called Bosom Buddies. Really? Do you remember the show? I remember Bosom. Well, I, I didn't watch it, but you show me a promo picture and I'll say, oh, that's yeah. Bosom Buddies. And him and his friend had to dress like women to live in this all-women's apartment building, right? Um, and so that's why it was called Bosom Buddies, because they had to like pretend to be women so they could like you know live there. And that was the okay. joke. Well, so one of the episodes... They're talking about something about like, oh, yeah, I was at a show last night. Really? How was he? It's like, well, he's like, I was introduced to this uh, romantic new dance the young people are doing. And he grabs the girl. And she's like, really? What is he? He's like, it's called the slam. And he just smacks right into her. <laughs> and, I'm like, and that was the first time I had heard slam dancing. I'm like, what is slam? You know, and so, so then from there, I'm like, what is slam dancing? So then. You know, I've always wanted to hear about it. Then you hear about, like, slam dancing is also moshing. It's interchangeable. And my first pit, um, my first, oh, shit. I think my first pit was Death Angel. Okay. In 1990. It would have been oh, on the, um, okay. was it Act 3? Was that the record? Ballpark, yeah. Oh my goodness. And I'm, I'm trying to remember if it was them with Sabotage. Oh, okay. Death Angel Tour 1990 is going to kill me now. But that's, yeah, can you believe though, right. that I heard about. Um, <laughs> I, I, I heard about Slam Dancing from Tom Hanks on national TV, right? <laughs> Wow. Yeah, yeah, kind of interesting when you th when you think about that because so, you know, are we gonna? And that was that was the beginning of the eighties because by the the mid mid eighties, you know, 
everything related to those sorts of things going on at uh, music was, you know, cause for panic and terror. We couldn't, mm-hmm. we couldn't joke about stuff anymore. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's just very interesting. But anyway, sorry, keep going. Yeah. With, with, with the whole pit and like th- that, that was always a spectator sport for me in a way like like i enjoyed watching the slamming the moshing the pits and all that that was but it's just uh, it just really wasn't me and then just one time in i was about 43 i guess i want to say you know it was in the maybe about 2013 or so like ballpark like i, I don't have exact Num- numbers down and it was probably at the old zoo okay like yeah i i was i was probably past my slam prop um slam prime if you know because it's it, it's a physical activity and i know so many punks from the 80s now that you know the old cliche the punks don't get old they just hang out at the bar <laughs> okay, yeah. like I know a lot of Winnipeg punks that were were teenagers in the eighties that got in the pit that did all this, and now, yeah, they're just kind of sitting back and watching the kids of of today doing it. Well, that was me all the way up until one time. I just, you know, like I said, I was about my early to mid forties when I just said, "Ah, fuck it, let's do this." and i got into the pit at you know beyond my 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 prime and it's not like it's something that i do a lot but yeah when it when the mood hits me and if i don't have any merch i'm carrying or anything like that or then yeah let's let's give her let's let's give her i'll never forget i got hit once the back of my head hit the hit 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 the floor and I kind of got up and I'm was kind of a little woozy I made my way into the bathroom and all that just to make sure I wasn't bleeding or anything have a look in the mirror and I could taste like metal in my mouth no oh, the blood yeah yeah well no no and I wasn't bleeding or anything but it just oh maybe maybe I was I just now didn't you were know it. trust me but I just I I had this weird taste in my mouth yeah. and like it did go away. I wasn't spitting anything anything up or whatever. But it was it probably just... drained down the back of your throat. Oh, uh, okay. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Been there, done it, that. It it didn't deter me, and it won't. Okay, but it's just something that I just never forgot. You know. Oh yeah. Well, and you know it's funny. Like I I stopped after my car accident. Oh, uh, and my car accident's been about 20-some years ago. And I mean, mind you, when I say I stopped, like, it still took a little bit. Like, I was actually, um, I wasn't in the pit on my crutches, but I was closer than most people on crutches would probably get or should get to a pit. Um, because, like, I, I up up until that point, like, I was still in my you know, my late 20s. Like, I loved pitting. And if it wasn't for this car accident, if I, if I still had the mobility in my leg... You know, and, and my mobility is rough. Like, I'd still pit today, dude. Like, it wouldn't stop me. I'd like, because it's, it's honestly, it's fantastic physical exercise. And for everybody's like, oh, it's just violence. I'm like, 
it's just football or rugby without a yeah ball. like what's what's worse yeah. that 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 was that was my um my my argument whenever normie would be like you, like like you said yeah it's it's just violence you're just running into each other and all that okay well did you just enjoy last night's football game yeah it was great wow we kicked ass yeah okay yeah or hockey sure yeah, there was more people injured and hurt and banged up at your football and hockey game than there was at my metal or punk show last night. And I've I've done both. I've played hockey. I was younger, and I had some days where I was pretty banged up, and, and there was some days of the pit that I I walked out with a big ass smile on my face. So yeah, there's an old expression: "Never meet your heroes," you know, <laughs> because you know, just in case, you know, you, you know, you finally get a chance to meet your fav your favorite band, and maybe the experience just doesn't live up to your expectation. Or like, like, let's face it, the guy's a complete knob. Okay, but all of that aside, just meeting the band, okay, is, I would think, is a huge thing. Okay, when we were younger, okay, when when we were teens and into our 20s and all that, we never had this show. We never had PR setting us up with our favorite bands to go hang out with them on their bus and talk with them and have oh, a beer yeah. with them and all like we we never had that okay we have that now and i never take it for granted and i love every minute of it what the kids do have these days with you know with the whole illegal downloading and all that bands and you know they're thinking of new ways of 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 revenue the meet and greet the vip you know and you know like this this is one way of doing this now people might think ah you're just milking fans for more money and all that um a lot of these people though when they're in line and i see it all the time like i don't pay for meet and greets i did a couple times even while this show was going on, I never, you know, made arrangements to talk to Band X or whatever. And I really, I really wanted to and all that. So I paid an extra couple bucks and did the meet and greet and hung out with them. And it was, it was all, all really cool. Okay. But now I see this all the time when I'm helping set up shows and all that. And the headliner comes off the bus and we've, they sit down at the table and the chairs that we laid out for them and all that. We gather up the fans and, you know, we, we line them all up. Okay, do this, do, do, do this. The look on the fans' face, okay, as they approach the table, I just, uh, my heart just... Oh, yeah, because dude. Because, uh, like... Just that that thrill that these that these fans are having. They're they're getting they're getting to meet their favorite band that they they wouldn't have 
the option of you know you know you see them on stage you see them on video you listen to their albums and all that but now you're getting a chance you're face to face that never gets old i love watching that i will take time out of whatever i'm doing and i'll just kind of sit over at the side just to watch that experience as these fans are shaking hands with their favorites they're signing stuff they're laughing you know it's just and then when they're done they run up to their friends and they show what they got signed and you know they're giggling and uh, it's just it's it's an absolutely amazing experience and i still have that okay like there have been bands even though okay, we've been doing this for 13, 14 years or whatever, you might not think, well, Witch Cross, well, who the hell are they? They're not very big. Dude, doing that phoner with with, with Witch Cross was huge. Yeah. Lee, Lee Payne from Cloven Hoof? That, that, that was huge. That was like talking to Ozzy for me. Oh, dude. <laughs> you know, and that never left me. Like, people might think, you know, for both you and I, well, you've done all these interviews, you've done this, you've done that. Don't you get a little jaded? No. <laughs> no, because we're fans no. first, man. Like, we're, we're, we're still fans first. Like, and, and when you're talking about, like, that fan moment, I will never forget, like, the NAMM show where... Jerry only was there, right? Ah. And I think this, I'm pretty sure this was my only California NAMM show. And um, as I saw somebody carrying his bass, I'm like, oh, can I get a picture? He's like, yeah, you want to put it on? I'm like, you're kidding me. And so I have a picture <laughs> of me wearing his bass. Like I got to hold it and touch it. And then I'm like, oh, juice, is this okay? You know? And then later I knew he was signing autographs. So there I am. And this is, you know, back in the film camera days, right? Mm -hmm. So I've got like my, my little pocket, you know, automatic 35 millimeter. And I am trying to sneak a picture of him through the crowd. And like, and, and you can tell I'm trying to like stay in the background. I don't want to get in anybody else's way. I'm just trying to get a good picture. And he sees me and he points at me. And I mean, like anyone who's seen the Misfits live, you know, you know, jerry only like he's commands a presence right he points mm -hmm. at me he just goes you i'm like oh shit he knows about the base right like i'm panicking i'm like oh fuck what like, did i I'm, do yeah i'm about to get thrown out of this show he's like get over here get a picture with me like just because he could tell like i was so excited to see him but i was also not trying to get in anybody's way he's like come on get up here i'm like wow you know, and then follow that <laughs> right, up right. almost exactly 10 years later when I got to interview him for Iron City Rocks. Like, that was just the greatest thing in the world, dude. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, you know, and, and I mean, you know, this show, everybody's going to be like, wow, Jerry only. But outside of this show, people be like, who? Mm -hmm. You know, the Misfits? Who are the Misfits? You know, <laughs> because, I mean... Let's face it. There's not a single Misfits radio hit, <laughs> you know. No, no, there's not. And and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, like, unless you're us, it's not a big deal. Right. You know. Right. No, I've I've often said, 
I've often said, you've, uh, I'll say to normies or whatever, okay, you've never heard of them, but this band, okay, is the metal or hardcore equivalent of Tom Petty. Yeah, this Brian is Madonna. <laughs> this is, yeah. And then they go, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Metal, hardcore, punk, we've said many, many times on this show, is a community. Yes. A community of fans. We're the outcasts. We're the we're the freaks. We're the geeks. We're the weirdos. We're the... You name it. We've all been called it. And I like to wear that as a badge sometimes as well. So you have this kind of community... Okay, and even though you might not be, like, bosom buddies with everyone, you are going to, it's just definitely been my experience, because I'm, like you said, I'm not really an introvert. No. (laughs) No, plus you're the mayor of Winnipeg. Well, there you go. Hopefully, Hopefully soon to be the ambassador of Winnipeg. Yes. The the ambassador of Manitoba. Right. <laughs> I I I will be so happy when you take home that title. Hopefully. Hopefully. But with a community like that, you're going to make friends and meeting those like-minded people. Okay, and becoming friends with that with with them and everything that goes with it. Like that's definitely one of those moments, one of those milestones. Like, like I, I have, like I have family, okay, that are know nothing of the scene. Like most of my family couldn't tell you the name of the show, okay, but we have on the okay, but on the other hand as well, okay, you have those people that you can relate to okay which is those people that you meet at shows with the within that community and all of my friends okay like beyond family beyond co-workers all of my friends okay i have met through and i'm friends with them because of the scene and of course of course they have friends okay that aren't necessarily from the scene okay but they have that connection with that mutual friend so now i see them as that it's it's like i've said before it's with my moniker snowy okay I've said to people, okay, that's not my name. Okay, that's not my slave that's name. Not that's, my not, name. that's not my given name. That's not my name. But if I introduce myself to you as Snowy, then that means you're cool. That means you are part of the fun world. Like you have the real world and all that. Then when you step out in the scene... And all that. You have the fun world. Okay. Now, my good buddy Ducky. Okay. His grandma. Okay. Who I call grandma myself. Okay. She's obviously not part of the scene. She's pushing 80. Uh, Okay. 
She calls me Snowy. Nice. <laughs> okay, like she has she has no idea because she's not on Facebook with me. She doesn't. I don't even think she knows my my given name because no one has used it around her. <laughs> okay, because you, it it all. Sorry. I well, I know what you mean. Like I I have a friend like that. Um, for years, there's a buddy of mine that we've called Ogre. That's the the first time I ever heard him introduced was Ogre. I've okay. never heard him refer to anything else. And one day somebody said, yeah, um, Lee's coming over. I'm like, oh, who's Lee? He goes, you know. I'm like, what do you mean? Who's Lee? Who he goes, Ogre? I'm like, oh, that's his name? That's him. I, I had, I'm like, I had no idea what his real name was. Nobody ever told me. Uh, you know, and... And everybody got such a kick out of that. And it's it's funny because even when I see him on Facebook, I'm like, who's this guy? And then I see the picture, I'm like, oh, Ogre. Gotcha. You know, <laughs> we've just called him Ogre for so long. Like, that's all I knew, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Nick, nicknames are important. I've, I've often said that. That was the same thing with me. Like, when I first started my... And sorry, our longtime listeners will will already know this story, but we've had a metric shit ton of new listeners come in over over, over, over the years now. But um, when I first went on, when I first made my first Facebook page, I used Snowy White. I get this message from Facebook saying, oh, we can't have you using, you know, fake names, you know, it's a threat to national security or whatever bullshit you know okay so i have to go back to using like my given name the very next show i must have had a dozen people come up to me okay and just they just come up to me and say okay obviously snow is not your name but you're such and such right <laughs> it's like it's like yeah yeah it forced me to change my name and these are people that i had known for a handful of years now they had no idea what my given name was they just knew me as snowy you know and it just and I, I i like that yeah i like that i like that i'm a firm believer in the real world bills money responsibility and then fun world concerts you know, community, this show, and all that. So, yeah, yeah, definitely meeting meeting those friends, you know, because you have that shared interest in that community. It's a beautiful thing. It really is. Another really beautiful thing is a really... Oh, what the hell was that? Uh, that was an accident. Oh, okay. Click on the wrong damn thing. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get into some beautiful music here, shall we? Once again, I'm going to go into the Snowy Vaults, grab some cool tunes. The 1984 record from Crossfire. Let's go with the title track with See You in Hell. Hmm. 
one of those talking heads during the records collecting dust documentaries that I spoke of in our metal fix. More than one of those guys pulled out the classic SSD control album, The Kids Will Have Their Say. So I kind of thought it was very apropos to drop a track from the legendary SSD control that was boiling point. Great stuff, great stuff, as always. Well, my friend, once again, the clock on the wall is telling us it's time to bring this crazy train into the station um how can uh people get a hold of us well dear snowman had they paid attention to us last week when i said hey check out facebook.com slash rad metal they would have known that as we record this it was Bandcamp friday but as they mm-hmm. hear it they've missed Bandcamp friday if they didn't go there so you should go there also check out at RadMetal666 on Instagram to see pictures of the things we talk about, honestly, and the Facebook, because, you know, Snowy posts everything everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to hook up. I was, uh, Facebook's changed stuff again. I'm, I, I'm more and more becoming an old man that just can't be bothered with shit. It's terrible. But I need to hook up my, all my accounts so they all talk. So when I post one place, they post everywhere. But, We'll get there. Uh, Radmetal666 at gmail.com. Drop us a line. Radioactivemetal.org for all episodes past, present, and future. You can find this podcast anywhere you can find a podcast. Like, I triple dog dare you to not find this podcast somewhere. No, no. You got me beat because I know. I know we're everywhere. Exactly. Like, pick it. Pick a place. And then make a bet with yourself. Actually, here's what you should do. Here, This will be a fun drinking game. Line up like a dozen shots. And then, you know, pick a place. And if we're there, <laughs> drink. Ah, ah. Oh, my liver, my liver. I know, man. I think I, th- I think we think we've hit on to something, right? Like that. This could be a lot of fun, right? And yeah, yeah. Think, think about this. Um... Snowy, th- this is something for you to do, right? Oh, okay. You should take the same drinking game and find somebody who's like a big fan of Spotify or Apple Music or something, right? And be like, okay, we'll tell you what. We're going to name bands, and if they're there, you know, like we drink. But if they're not there, we don't drink. So they're going to be hammered, and you'll be naming all these bands that aren't on there. <laughs> And it'll, it'll be hysterical. Like, I think it'll be a thing. But anyway, so um, you can find us anywhere you can find a podcast. And we're also proud partners of the Shiny Wizards Network, shinywizardsnetwork.com. Love those guys over there. Super fun people. And thanks to them, you can also find us on Spotify. Look mm-hmm. for the Shiny Wizards Network on Spotify, and there we are. And I believe that's everything. Right on, right on. And of course, by now, everything is up and going and rocking and rolling. www.loudawards.com. Go and check that out. As you recall, last episode, we went into detail about the Manitoba Loud Music Awards. And we're up. We're up. The very first category because it's alphabetized. Yeah. Ambassador, Ambas- of Ambassador of the Year. Radioactive Metal is is up there. So 
Yeah. I can't zoom in on the there. picture. Is that the famous nuclear assault hat? What hat is that? That is, yes. Okay, that's yes, what I thought. The is. one that you got from Dan Loker. Yes, that, right? that's, so, that's definitely it. So longtime yeah, yeah. fans of the show will know this. Please go to um, loudawards.com. Click on vote. Please vote for Snowy for Ambassador of the Year because I've joked for years he's the mayor of Winnipeg. To make him the ambassador <laughs> of Manitoba will be amazing. And um, I promise if Snowy wins Ambassador of the Year, I will find little magnetic flags to stick on the car that say ambassador. <laughs> Right. right on. And and then that way, you know, when you go for your family outings on the weekends, you can put the ambassador flags on there and people think like, wow, who's here? Like, what's going who's on? That guy? I think what's it'll going? be great. Um, and like, like, like seriously, if you, if you win, we're going to arrange a whole photo shoot where we have Ducky in like, you know, the suit coat and dark glasses. And he's acting like he's your bodyguard opening the door. There we go. It'll be great. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. But I do right, have right. the site up, and I've been checking this out. So, like uh, the basis of the year, drummer of the year, all of these drummers look insane. Like I need to look them up so I can hear their bands because some of these kits are like, wow, these people are serious. Hey, it's a scene up here for sure. And then I love that shit happens is in two categories, female fronted band of the year and punk yeah. band of the year. Punk band. Uh, my good buddy Bill for shit happens is in bassist and my, my buddy KK is in there for vocalists. So they're in like four categories. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Wow. So yeah, everyone loudawards.com. Go check it out. Mark and X would really appreciate it to get us on out of here just earlier today yes i just noticed <laughs> excuse me a new power from hell record is out shadows devouring light let's go out with mother of abominations in the meantime and in between time that's it this has been a milestone episode of radioactive metal i'm snowy white and this is aaron Signing off.